there is a transition within the US programming coming in, change in the guard in terms of players that are, are looking to play. There's generational families that have been in the US now for you know, 20, 30 years whose kids are coming through and um, and it's an exciting time. And when you add that to the experience of, of players like your Kate Zachary's and your Rachel Johnson's of the world, and you know, there's there's more. For me, it's an exciting time. If you can get a few things right and manage that transition, it's an exciting time to build um, a really good platform into 25. And then obviously that new wave of player coming through leads into 2029 and the, the Home World Cup um, after that. Welcome to U.S. Rugby Happy Hour Live. Interviews with the biggest names in American rugby. The New England Free Jacks, Major League Rugby Champions. everybody welcome to us rugby happy hour live this is our first show of season four well technically our second since we kind of took this whole new moving pictures thing for a ride last week but this is actually our first real show with a real guest and speaking of our real guest in just a few minutes the new usa women's head coach siona fukufuka joins us so stay tuned for that i am pumped to talk to him about the future of the women's program, his goals going forward and such. So with that said, we are streaming live on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, uh, Twitter, and even my own personal uh, um, LinkedIn account. So if you happen to be tuning into my personal uh, LinkedIn account, uh, you'll find it there. So <laughs> so anyway, uh, when you're on there, give it a chance. Uh, uh, please like, subscribe, or follow us. And don't be afraid to leave comments. Uh, with that said, I am Bill Baker of Eagles Overseas. And with me, as always, is my co-host, John Fitzpatrick. Hey, Fitzy. Hey, Bill. I guess I'm the other guy on the intro. Other guy. Which I love. <laughs> yeah, the other guy. Uh, when we go through contract negotiations for the next season, we'll talk about maybe having uh, more like your real name. <laughs> <laughs> well, I got a lot of aliases. I got creditors after me. So the other guy works perfectly for me. Like, yeah. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Uh, by the way, you're, um, you're looking good. Uh, you know, I do like the collars and I like the old, what's that? The old USA, Yeah. like Olympic uh, rugby logo. What is that? Like the 1920s, 1924 Olympic crest, all American crest. But you asked me to wear a collared shirt today. I thought this is what you meant. I didn't think you were going to put on a blazer and a button down. Well, you know, actually, I I dumped it down a little bit for you. I had a I had a nice tie to go with it too. Oh, uh, it's got some old, you know, uh, rugby stuff on there. This is like the first time my wife ever bought me. It's a Tom Hilfiger Christmas yeah. gift. <laughs> Not for my kids. Hey, a quick note for those l- listening in over on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm sorry, Instagram Live. Um, again, this is kind of our one of our first times of doing this streaming everywhere. So, right now, if I, if I get to the side uh, a little bit, you can see my head. Or yeah. the other way, <laughs> it's, it's a little squeeze. So everybody squeeze towards the middle, so they can see us a little more. Okay, <laughs> we'll try to figure that out. If we don't have it figured out by tonight, we'll figure it, have it figured out by the next show. Uh, so hopefully, our guest tonight doesn't have like you know a thousand people back home watching on Instagram Live. <laughs> Americans are trying to figure out rugby. They're trying to figure out Instagram Live. One of these days, they'll get it. Uh, will we though? Will we? Yes, Bill. Yes, <laughs> yes. We got just the person who can help us on the women's Eagles side. That's a we second. do. You know what? Yeah, let's do it. All right, <laughs> let's get right into it. Our guest is is waiting. Uh, if you guys have seen uh, all the marketing we've been doing on all social media, you know, we spend thousands of dollars <laughs> per show. Uh, if you've seen him, you've seen this popping up. All right, and with that said, our guest tonight 
uh, he's made the brave decision to we to leave the Queensland summer mm-hmm. for the Colorado winter. I mean, he must really want this gig. Uh, let's all welcome Sione Fukufuka. Sione, how are you doing, my friend? Yeah, I'm good. Thank you. You're right. Brisbane to uh, Denver is a um, a big change. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I, so I got to say, I mean, it, you, you must have a young family. I mean, young enough, at least, uh, to not question your decision to come to Colorado. Like a teenager would be like, no, dad, I want to stay where it's warm. <laughs> yeah, I have four kids under six um, or six and under, I should say. So uh, a bit of compliance at the moment. To be honest, the bribery was around the snow and uh, the winter, to be honest. Yeah, that, we hadn't had that obviously in Brisbane. We don't get a lot of snow in Queensland, so um, we sold the uh, we sold the adventure. Come to the US, see snow, learn new things. Um, so far, so good. The boys are loving it. Nice. And if someone hasn't said it yet, welcome to the United States. I'm sure they have. <laughs> Maybe the person picked you up at the airport. <laughs> <laughs> uh, to be honest, it's been great. I've had a fantastic welcome. The staff here at USA Rugby and um, all the players that I've spoken to over the probably last four weeks. I've had an opportunity to, um, yeah, really enjoying the, the initial um, transition from uh, from Australia to the US. Okay, okay. Before we dive into um, your role, we want to talk about your role as a leader of this women's program, goals going forth and such. Um, it, it, let's talk about the decision. I'm assuming a family decision for you to make this move to, you know, a different hemisphere away. Uh, so talk about that decision. I mean, it could not have been easy for you. No, not at all. Um, I've been teaching for just under 20 years and coaching on the side. And uh, the last few years have had lucky enough to have opportunities to, uh, to coach first grade men, which is semi-professional in Australia, uh, some representative teams, and then more recently the Wallaroos. Um, but when this particular opportunity came up, what was exciting about it, it was a full-time role and an opportunity to work professionally with uh, some of the best women in the world. Um, Right. Lots of uh, tours and throws with my family, obviously, around what that would look like, moving countries, um, leaving our support network and leaving what we knew to um, to somewhere very, very different. And, um, yeah, I'm really lucky. I have a very, very supportive wife and my, my kids are at that age where it's it's exciting. Um, they get an opportunity now to, to grow up for a period of time in, um, in a new country and learn something new. And we're very big, both teachers, very big on, on having an opportunity to learn and, and grow in different environments. And, and that's exactly what, um, what this is going to bring. But uh, it wasn't an easy decision. However, it was an exciting one, if that makes sense. Yeah. And, you know, uh, you know, for those not aware of your background, I mean, Fitzy and I, believe it or not, we know everything about you. So not even a problem. Our, our crack researchers here at USA or US Rugby Happy Hour Live know everything. But for those who don't, <laughs> uh, talk a bit about your rugby background, you know, uh, playing days a bit, you know, uh, but mostly your coaching uh, and teaching skills as well. Yeah, well, that's easy. My playing days, to be honest, weren't great. Um, I was an okay player. <laughs> I had the chance to play in a couple of countries, uh, spent some time in Wales, but, but um, predominantly played um, great rugby in, in Brisbane. Um, I'm the product of a Kiwi mother and a, uh, a Tongan father, so I was born into rugby. I distinctly remember watching the 87 World Cup and, and it was hooked ever since. So um, it's been in my blood. As I said, I, I would have loved to uh, – I don't think I was a great player and I would have loved to have played higher, but um, that wasn't to be. Luckily enough – Obviously, there's other areas of the game that you can contribute. And um, I guess parallel to my teaching, um, coaching 
became an opportunity quite young. I think I started coaching when I was about 18 um, as well as playing. And then I was lucky uh, in around um, was the mid-2000s to, uh, to start working at a school in Brisbane called Brisbane State High School. Um, uh, have a lot of uh, very successful, very famous alumni that have come through the, um, the Wallabies, uh, the Australian Sevens program and so on. And um, through working with those athletes and, um, and developing my coaching, I've, I've had the opportunity to, to get roles, to learn, develop and, and, um, and keep, I suppose, traveling along the pathway from a um, amateur to semi-professional to now a, a full-time professional coach. So um, what I've really enjoyed along my journey in particular, if you like, is I've, I've had the opportunity to coach the full spectrum, um, school kids through to teenage uh, years all the way through Colts into seniors, uh, both men and women, as well as um, girls and boys across both sevens and fifteens. So I kind of um, have hit, I guess, all elements of the game, so to speak. And what I'm excited about in this opportunity is, is I get to do that and get to work with a, um, a different um, country, obviously, but also a different culture and, and learn a little bit from the players that I'm coaching as well. And that that's exciting because um, being in rugby for as long as I have and um, being involved in, in the game itself, it's um, it's always exciting to learn new things from from other players and other people. And hopefully, I bring a little bit of um, of what I've learned along the way to um, to help the Eagles to some success. Yes, you know, as we start to talk a little bit about USA Rugby, just hearing about your past rugby playing experience and coaching experience, growing up in Australia, did you ever think your rugby journey was going to take you to the US? <laughs> no, definitely not. I'll be honest. <laughs> Um, I was pretty, pretty comfortable, pretty happy uh, where I was. I was in, um, so I've had the chance to coach, as I said, sevens and fifteens across the pathway, some um, youth girls stuff to some development men's Australian stuff, and you know I was relatively happy with the path that I was on um, within the Wallaroos setup for the last two years. Um, I'd like to think I left the the program in a better position, but we, you know. We, um, we developed our group and, and more recently in the WXV1, we were able to beat France and that was, that was an exciting time. But um, I, I guess the opportunity to, um, to lead a country um, and especially a country that has such a great tradition and uh, history in, in 15s um, was something that, uh, that I thought I'd put my hand up for. I, I, I have to be honest, I didn't think... I would end up in this role. Um, I'm excited that I am, and I'm, I'm very, very blessed to be in this position. Um, but yeah, I, I didn't think I'd be in the US, to be honest. Um, I, I, yeah, if genuine, I thought uh, I would still be in the Australian system, um, contributing there. But uh, yeah, yeah, just more than anything, right? Like growing up, you're you know you're playing rugby. You're seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve, and you know rugby in the U.S. That's like, <laughs> what is that? But obviously, there's been some great strides in not only the the men's and women's program, but certainly professional rugby here in the U.S. And we'll chat about that in a bit. But speaking a little bit more on on the hiring process, when uh, when USA Rugby began the process for hiring the new women's Eagles head coach. Did they approach you or was it something that you saw and applied for? How did that all kind of come together? Yeah, um, <laughs> funny story, actually. I don't know if I should let out all the secrets, but I, um, I did see, see it uh, advertised. And um, in actual fact, my, I don't know if I'm going to get in trouble, but my application was late. Um, <laughs> it was before, uh, before I'd applied. So I was lucky enough to have a, uh, a couple of contacts who, um, 
who confirmed that, uh, you know, that there was an opportunity to still um, put my application in. But no, it was definitely something that I had um, put my hand up for. Um, I looked at the role description and um, as I kind of alluded to before, a lot of the um, the key elements to that role description, you know, coach pathway, player pathway, sevens, fifteens, um, were areas that I'd spent a lot of time in in Australia and and felt like I was um, a pretty good candidate for. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> when I finally got it together and submitted it, um, they accepted it. At, I think it was about 24 hours late. So um, very lucky, I should say. <laughs> wait, wait. You know, Fitz, let me jump in real quick. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, I think there was a second – in your second life, Sean, you, you were a football player and should have been maybe a football coach. So because we're doing our digging today, we found this. It uh, doesn't quite look like you. Got the name right. <laughs> What's he, six foot? How tall are you? <laughs> yeah, definitely not six foot five, that's for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, the beautiful thing is coming to America, the Fuga Fuga surname is um, is out and about. I think I have a cousin that's playing baseball as well, or a second cousin. Um, so, yeah, <laughs> some great Googling there. <laughs> well, Bill, Bill, it's funny. Sorry, it's funny you mentioned the just, you know, uh, players from rugby union coming to play in the NFL. There's been a number of Australians who've made that transition. I think that probably the biggest name more from rugby league is Jordan Matala, right? The, the left tackle mm. for the Eagles. And certainly I think we're all excited to see what uh, Louis Reese Zamet is going to do, you know, in a couple of years, but um, yeah, there's, so there's certainly that, that connection there um, for, for rugby players crossing codes on over to, to football. But yeah, I mean, we looked that up, we saw that in our research and yeah. I said, Bill, there's, is that, there's no way, right? That's, That's not, not him. him. <laughs> <laughs> it's a, to be honest, when I did go to Wales, the, the club that recruited me over there, um, when I went over to play, this is years ago, when I got off the uh, <laughs> when I got off the train from London and was picked up, um, the person that picked me up looked me up and down and said, "I thought you'd be taller." So, uh, yeah. <laughs> I get that all the time. I get that all <laughs> the time. <laughs> no, but. Uh, yeah, sorry, Bill. Moving on, I just wanted to chat a little bit more. You talked a little bit about you know the the, the process for USA Rugby. You know, share with us a little bit about uh, maybe the vision that you shared with USA Rugby about you know how far you can or how far you want to take the women's Eagles over the next few years. Yeah, I guess what I, what I spoke about in the interview process was um was as an opposition coach and and a fan of rugby. Um, I suppose looking at the, the US program and looking at the players, there's there's this massive um, positive in, in the physicality of, of the group. There's an athleticism and um, and a power within the group that in 2022 um, overcame us in New Zealand, and then obviously last year um, in Canada we were able to um, to outplay the Eagles. But there's a huge potential there to um, to get a few things right and to um, obviously reset i guess the program so that it's climbing back up the uh, the world rankings um you know i haven't been necessarily enrolled involved in coaching the women's game for a long time but as a fan of rugby um i understand the history of of the women's game where new zealand england and the us were the were the um standard bearers for a long time so what i spoke to them about is that there's this um there is a transition within the us programming coming in last year in particular in canada 
there are a couple of um, young Polynesian girls that made their um, made their debut. So there's a, a change in the guard in terms of players that are, are looking to play. There's generational um, families that have been in the US now for you know, 20, 30 years whose kids are coming through, and um, and it's an exciting time. And when you add that to the experience of, of players like your Kate Zacharys and your Rachel Johnsons of the world, and you know there's there's more. It's um, for me, it's an exciting time. If you can get a few things right and manage that transition, then it's an exciting time to build um, a really good platform into 25. And then obviously that new wave of player coming through leads into 2029 uh, and the, the Home World Cup um, after that. So I guess what I spoke about is the opportunity to use the skill set of what American players do really well and then bring some of my knowledge and some of my experience to, um, to the attacking side of the game. So we want to be quite a physical team because that's a, something that um, when you think of, you, you mentioned it before, like the transition from rugby to NFL is, isn't a huge one in terms of the expectation of physicality because that's why we play. We love that contact. Obviously, there's a whole lot more detail to that. So to please don't jump down my throat around <laughs> how easy it's going to be. I think we all know how, how challenging it's going to be for, um, for Lewis Reece-Samet. But at the same time, the, the physicality in the, in the sports here, like, Apparently basketball is non-contact, but if I watch the NBA and I watch, <laughs> watch the basketball, <laughs> one of those guys get as hard as, um, as, as rugby players. Um, so owning that and, and you know, having that as the foundation, it was a big part. And then building on that, increasing our rugby IQ, a little bit of game management and then skill set um, is an exciting element to, to the women's game and where it can go. So those are the key foundation points that I, was, that I, was, that I spoke about in the, um, in the process. So, uh, so one of the key issues, I would say issues in our country, um, you know, when do you accept the position? I, for some reason in my mind, I heard them saying, yeah, but do you know how big the U.S. is? <laughs> you know, is this something as you as you look more into it, is this something that maybe intimidates you a little bit about covering all this ground and the and the way things are made up, the uh, the way that youth rugby, college rugby, you know, uh, um, the women's Premier League, all this stuff made up. Are you ready for that? I guess. Yeah, I guess, I don't know. If intimidates <laughs> the right word. Like I recognise the challenge. Australia is not a small country in itself. Obviously, less people and less amount of states. But the the mm. remote program that uh, that we ran with the Wallaroos, which is obviously something that's very similar here in the states, is something I've had experience with. And I spoke to that obviously around. Um, what that looked like and how we can best overcome some of the challenges. Um, I guess now being here and, and having a bit of time in the seat to, to speak to players, speak to staff, um, the extent to the scope of the challenge is now a lot more real because um, I think in addition to what you mentioned, you also have to add in the uh, the 22 players that are over in the UK because that's another layer that's uh, that's on top of the, the challenge here in the, in the US itself. But I, I've used this word a lot and, and, you know, please check back in with me in six months and 12 months time and hopefully I'm in the same. But what it shows me when when you do pair a lot of that stuff back, the challenge is massive, don't get me wrong, but um, so too is the opportunity. Um, The number of of players playing in high school, playing in college, playing across the country is is one of the major benefits and strengths of the country. The fact that that in this country you have a U18s, a U20s and a U23 women's program. Um, is light years ahead of where the Australian development pathway is. I guess from my point of view, and I'll, I'll name drop him here, like in conjunction with um, Brandon Sparks, who's come on as um, as high performance manager, our challenge is to link those parts together and make sure that we're giving opportunities for the best players to 
to play across that uh, Eagles pathway. So mm-hmm. you know, to answer your question, I wouldn't say intimidating, but I do understand it's a it's a huge challenge. The good thing is that with not only Brandon but with Tamara Shepherd coming on board, that look, the people in those key positions are important people, but also people with the right skill sets. Brandon's been fantastic from a USA rugby point of view. I've learned more from him in the last two weeks, to be honest, than from the you know the previous eight weeks of Googling and searching and, and trying <laughs> to find out as much information as possible. Um, a little bit similar to yourselves. Sometimes those Google searches end up uh, slightly down the uh, different path than where you started. We found. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So did you did you know Tamara from because she was at um, uh, Australia swimming correct? Yeah, yeah. So yeah. Um, to be honest, no. Um, we had it's one of those strange things. Like Brisbane's not a big place, especially when it comes to sport. But we had um, travelled in similar circles, but never had met. I, I met her for the first time um, in Brisbane. I think two weeks before I was offered the role. So she, she obviously was the, the final stage of the vetting process of of, uh, of the particular role. But um, as it turns out, I know a number of people that she does. It's just Brisbane in itself, but then, you know, Australian sport isn't particularly um, vast when it comes to, you know, those those top levels of, um, of state and national, national teams. So how long have you been on the job so far? Um, <laughs> Yeah, well, officially or unofficially. So officially, (laughs) officially, I guess, sitting down and actually starting, you know, uh, the planning process and and the the work through it was was around the start of November. Um, So we finished up WXV uh, and about a week later, um, I transitioned into, um, into this role whereby it was a lot of discovery, a lot of conversations with the previous staff, which, by the way, they have been fantastic in, in being open and sharing. Um, all of the people that I've met in USA Rugby so far want the program to do well and have been, you know, fantastic with their time, but also with sharing their experience. Um, and then I spent a fair bit. Of, I spent a fair bit of time over the last uh, two weeks before Christmas, and then um, starting this week in having um, player one-on-one meetings. I will say it's a lot easier to have those meetings in, in the US than it was in Brisbane with the 16, 17-hour time difference. But um, oh, yeah. they've been fantastic. I think I've, I've hit about 48, 49 players at this point with the, a number still to come, obviously. But um, really, really um, pleased with the reception that I've got, absolutely, but also with the attitude of the players. I think similar to the staff, there's a definite want for USA Women's Rugby to do well. The players want it. Um, and they're excited about the opportunity for, for a full-time coach, obviously, coming in, but also a, a shift in the um, in the program moving forward. Yeah, and as you, as you mentioned, the the interviews that you're having are the one-on-ones, 48, I guess. You know, I guess that includes also the probably the wider what player pool. Um, yeah. Thinking back to uh, trying to make the connection here, when you were coaching against the USA in your role with the Wallaroos, you know, were there certain maybe qualities about the women's Eagles and how they play that stood out to you where you're like, you know what, if we can, can build off of this, this is how we can push this program forward. What were some of those qualities? And then, you know, how does it link up to what you were hearing from the players when you're doing these one-on-ones? Yeah, I guess first and foremost, and I touched on it earlier, it was, it was just this level of physicality. Mm-hmm. Um, when we played the Eagles in, um, in Auckland in New Zealand in 2022, we lost by two points. Um, and, Throughout the entire game, I was confident 
that we would find an opportunity and we'd win. But what, what um, stood out to me in that particular game was this level of physicality. They won the breakdown. They won the collisions. Um, they dominated our scrum, I think, in that particular game. And there was just this um, glitch and determination to stay in the contest. And, you know, watching the games over the last um, 12 months um, through World Cup and then some of the others, even though the results and they haven't necessarily gone their way. There's, there's a definite grit and um, competitiveness that's um, that's exciting because it's one of those things where you can teach all the skills in the world, but um, the two areas when it comes to rugby that have a massive um, impact on it is the ability to win, keep the ball and win the ball, um, and then to stay connected and stay in the fight, so defensively. And I think that um, that comes through in spades in, in the US um, program. So what I was excited about is harnessing that, adding obviously what I think I bring to the game and then um, building on that, adding a, a level of skill, a level of tactical decision-making that um, they can exploit space that's there that hasn't quite been um, achieved just yet. You mentioned, uh, also you mentioned something about, uh, I think it was the, the press release from USA Rugby, uh, quoted you as saying you want to bring uh, a level of professionalism. I think you mentioned this a little bit earlier, but professionalism and leadership to the program you know, discuss that professionalism. You know, what do you what do you exactly mean by that? Is it a mindset? Is it a goal to yeah. get domestic professional and that kind of stuff? Yeah, hundred percent. I think from the outset, like so first and foremost, I'm in a position now where I'm a full time professional coach driving and leading the program. So there's a level of continuity and expectation that comes with that that is a standard, I guess, of um of expertise and of um of organization and um and professionalism just through having that uh, that consistent person driving and organizing. Then you kind of layer onto that, that idea of what high performance is. And high performance is about keeping key standards, um, key principles that allow performance. So um, ideally, as we move forward, 24, 25, and beyond the, uh, the next World Cup cycle, there would be that opportunity for the women here in uh, the US to play professionally. So that the players that are overseas, the players that are in England playing their trade and, you know, that's a fantastic opportunity for them, but they come home and they play the try, trade in, in the US. So young players can actually see them firsthand. They can compete against them and learn how to be professionals and how to be the best they can be against um, US Eagles playing in the um, in the WPL. Ideally, that would be it. Then you add in, obviously, the, the layer around management and so on. But when I talk about professionals, I talk about those key standards and that level of accountability. Performance, obviously, and results like that but it's it's also those non-negotiables within our training environments within our preparation within our individual work that's um that's important that you don't see but has a huge impact on how you play on the weekend and um one of the, the best quotes that i've ever had shared with me was um was it oh, this is when i was coaching a high school team but basically it was in along the lines of nobody outside of the inner sanctum sees the work that's put on put in from monday to friday so it's really important and almost imperative that what you do on Saturday reflects the work that you've done during the week. And it's, it's stood with me that, you know, all of those hours where nobody's watching or only the inner um, workings of the team actually know what's being put in comes out on Saturday in a performance that you're proud of. And um, when I talk about professionalism, I'm, I'm talking about those key behaviours that, um, that help to build that. Well, you mentioned a second ago... Um earlier about the other professionalism, you know, hopefully a domestic professional leagues at one year or soon. Are you hearing anything on the inside or something you can share with us? Uh, if is that going to happen sooner than later? Is, is that a possibility sooner? Um, to be honest, no. 
as in I haven't heard anything. I, I know that that's one of the goals going forward. I do know that um, Brandon as high-performance manager and Tamara obviously is um, the overall high-performance, have that as part of their um, their planning. Um, but I'll be honest with you, my, my immediate focus personally is on the uh, the initial start-up and set-up of the Eagles program um, leading into 24 and then 25. Um, but I'll go back and, and reiterate the point. It's something that's important. Having players play in their own league is, is huge. And potentially... If a few things go right and that league absolutely is is in a position to um to launch as a professional league, then we attract other international players, and, and that's where you can see with the MLR, that's where the excitement comes. Not only your own homegrown players playing their trade here, and, and there are some fantastic women's eagles, but also um you know attracting those players from overseas who potentially don't want to play in England because it's cold and wet, and there's an opportunity to play somewhere which is a little bit nicer. Um, I know from my experience with Super W. Um, you know, international players in the last two years in the Super W competition have lifted the competition standard and it's been a good thing for uh, for the Wallaroos and it's um, definitely been a good thing for rugby in, um, in Australia. So fingers crossed with Brandon and Tamara and the work that they do behind the scenes and obviously with a bit of support financially. Obviously corporate um, is an area that, that we need a bit of help with. Um, nothing in this professional scape comes cheap so hopefully over the next six to 12 months um firstly the eagles can play a a style of rugby that's attractive but also successful and generate some of that interest you know in in the women's game um because it is is important that we get that um support corporately and and, you know financially to be able to then build and build because ideally in addition to this you'd also like your best players contracted centrally and you'd be able to them in a position where USA Rugby contracts and then they're playing within their WPL um, clubs, contributing back to the, the wider program and then allowing that development pathway to be a, a tangible path for a young girl that's um, that's playing rugby at the moment in, in the US. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's 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 talk a little bit about the the year ahead, twenty twenty four. What does the calendar look like in terms of the the number of matches that are on the table, right? So I think what Pacific Four competition, WXV2, um, one-off matches, what is the calendar shaping up to look like so far in 2024? Yeah, it's pretty pretty exciting, to be honest. Um, At this point in time, if everything is confirmed, and some of that lies in the hands of of World Rugby, um, who are very supportive, but obviously they have a bit of organising and... and, um, and some work to do around that, then it looks like um, there'll be nine test matches um, with one potential uh, A game in there as well, extra A games within that program. But um, if you're a selection, then um, by the end of 2024, you'll have played. I don't know where you lost me, but it's not top secret, but basically uh, 10, 10 international games are on the calendar at this point. That's great, yeah. That's uh, very good and, and extremely important for the growth of the game. Yeah, let's let's touch on the the player pool real quick, uh, Sion, and we're going to let you go soon. Uh, you know, like you said earlier, a number of the players are playing over in Europe. Uh, we've got another one Eagles actually playing. Just joined the French league, I think, is the first one of our group. Um, you, you've you said you've been having conversations with them. You know, can you talk about some of these players? I mean, you mentioned a few of the Kate Zachary and a couple others, but. You know, Kate seems to be able to play anywhere. According to her last team, uh, Exeter played her at wing, center, <laughs> eight. Um, you know, Hope Rogers is one of the best props in the world. And then, you know, Rachel Johnson just 
she I never seen her without a smile on her face, even when they're in a losing cause and on the on the pitch. So can you talk more about these players, you know, and and maybe your excitement about maybe coaching someone like Kate? Well, I guess the excitement comes with the experience, doesn't it? And it's someone who's who clearly has a value to the team that to work with someone who's so experienced, but also so motivated to to be successful in an Eagles jersey. Like she's been successful and she knows what that looks like and feels like. So um, harnessing that and then transitioning players who unfortunately haven't had the same um, experiences in the Eagles jersey as to uh, as to what Kate's had. And, you know, adding to that, you know, you, you mentioned Hope, like one of the best props in the world and was out for uh, a number of months with an injury and came straight back in and within two weeks was in the um, the Premiership play, uh, team of the week. So huge. A couple of tries scored too, yeah. To be honest, when you do the analysis on the US and Hope Rogers is playing nine times out of ten, she scores a try from a pick and drive five metres out from the try line. Like <laughs> she brings value because of what she does each game as well as her, uh, her experience. And you, you made the comment about Rachel. Like, I was standing there in Ottawa um, as the assistant coach of the Australian team, and like, this, this, if there's someone that embodies that never, never say die attitude and, and stayed in the game the whole time, um, it was her. And then after the game, big smile, um, connecting with some of the players in our team who uh, who had played in the uh, in the Premiership. Um, and you know that's the beauty of rugby that uh, although you know inside you're, you're hurting, um, there's that connection of now the battle's done. We can you know leave the field as. Um, as peers, I guess, and, and and Rachel embodies that. And having the one-on-one with her was was, was exciting because she's got a whole lot of energy and, and excitement about what could be. And um, that's one of those things where um, I'm looking to harness the potential and also the, uh, the optimism of the group, but then align that with some hard work that we know has to happen. And the beauty of the players that are playing in the Premiership, they see that day in, day out. They're in a daily training environment where – you know, they know how hard it is to um, to make things look easy. You, know, you look at Exeter, they, they work really hard and then you see them on a Saturday and they'll put 60 points on a team. But they do that because of the work they put in. And I guess it's, it's been a bit of a theme of this conversation, but um, that that's what's exciting is is that a, there's not a shirking of the hard work. It's just learning how to do that consistently and then put that out on the field. And that, that's a big thing. So the player pool itself because mm-hmm. when you talk about you know, the top end of the player pool, you've got your more experienced players, but when you look a little bit wider, then you've got some really exciting young players coming through as well. And I'll be honest, you, the, the third layer to that then becomes a sevens program and some of the players that have crossed over. Like WXV was, was fantastic. Mata Hingano, um, Sarah Levi. Um, oh, yeah. That's really going forward is, is having that alignment and collaboration with the sevens program is exciting it's just making sure we give opportunities for them to develop along the um along the pathway and we talked about the 10 games the 10 games are really important because it, it does give us a number of opportunities to, to play players that potentially haven't been seen um but what comes with that is is opportunities to bring players into that daily training environment and the lead up so to have those um intensive camps to have those selection camps to um to really put people under pressure and put them in an environment where maybe they haven't um, been in before that intensity and that uh, level of detail and that's what i'm excited about by the end of 2024 we should have a really good understanding of our top 35 to 40 players leading into a world cup year well, i'd love to see uh, a lev kelter back in a 15s jersey she is she, when she played with sarah's i think it was uh she just killed it <laughs> So yeah, make a note. Right <laughs> <laughs> I would love to see the same. And um, yeah, coincidentally, uh, when I get off this particular 
podcast. I'm actually going into a call with Alev. So great, uh, great research. All right. There. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> we'll put a good word for her. You know, obviously, yeah. Yeah. she needs our help. <laughs> but you've seen that in the past. When the, when the Eagles have been successful, there's been that alignment between the sevens programs. Kate played sevens and obviously 15s. Alev's been across both programs and a number of other players. So, um, you know, from my point of view, it's exciting that Emily's open to that particular conversation and, and the potential for it to be a collaborative relationship and successful. Um, I think the, the, the beauty of sevens is there's that focus of core skill, uh, athleticism and speed, and some of what we'll need going forward in the Eagles program is exactly that. So, um, yeah, again, I'll use that word exciting. It's exciting at the potential. So now it's my job to make sure that we, um, we align those things and make sure we get them right. Well, Bill, you may remember a couple of weeks ago when we had Alon um, Amar you know, from USC oh, yeah. seven, she talked about how she wants to play know, 15th. <laughs> yeah. Her focus is on, is on Paris. Uh, but after that, you know, she has got an eye potentially at the rugby world cup in 2025. So I'm sure, I'm sure that's a name you're, you're, you're chatting with as well in that player pool. So you don't need to share any details unless you want to. <laughs> <laughs> I do think I have to lift my social media game and potentially join TikTok before I, um, yeah, oh yeah. That. She uh, taught us how to, yeah. to trend on social media. <laughs> yeah, no, well, she's doing a great job at it. It's, uh, it's all over my feed, that's for sure. So, uh, so listen, we're going we're gonna to wrap it up here with, with two last two comments. One quick question. Um, and, and Fitz, I'm jumping on your toes here. I apologize. I think you wanted cool. to say something else. But um, at the end of 24, there's just one year for you. Uh, what would equate success for you and the program? Um, okay, so three things. So, firstly, our percentage of success around those KPIs that, that matter in a game. So, for me, those are our um, defensive tackle success percentage, our set piece percentage, and our ability to convert inside 22 um, pressure into points. So, if those three things have improved and are at world class standard, then the next element to the end of 2024 is that we have been in positions to win games and we've converted those. Um, ideally, we go into pack four and we qualify for World Cup. Um, and out of that, if we qualify for World Cup in pack four, then we're a potential chance of qualifying for WXV1. If we don't qualify for WXV1, then we finish at the top of um, WXV2. So those are the, the, I suppose, outcome goals to it. From a process point of view, I kind of mentioned it earlier, at the end of 24, I want a clear idea of who my top 35 to 40 players are mm. leading into a World Cup year. Um, the player pool at the moment is quite extensive. It's, it's a wide player pool, and that's fantastic because we get the opportunity to learn a lot about some players that potentially haven't been given an opportunity in the past. But the reality is you've got, at best, two years to prepare for a World Cup, and, and we've got that now. So the first year is around laying foundation and finding out who is or who are, sorry, our top 40 players before we um, turn the corner into 25. Um, I think if we get those three key things in place, then we can turn into 25 pretty confident that our World Cup's going to be a positive experience and, and we're going to put ourselves in a position to do well. Awesome. I've got one final question for you, and this is this is not a gotcha question <laughs> here, but tread carefully yes, here, okay? There could be a scenario, and we're hoping this happens, in Paris at the Olympics where the USA women's sevens are going to meet the Australian women's sevens team in the gold medal final. 
who are you going to be cheering for? <laughs> <laughs> well, I think that's um, it's probably a question you should ask my son. My son was a little bit heartbroken, to be honest, because he's he's been a Wallaroo supporter for uh, for the last two years, thinking then, and then when he found out that we were Eagles, um, he didn't know how to take it. Um, so to answer, <laughs> me, I'll be cheering the Eagles, to be honest. I'm invested. Um, I'm, I'm really enjoying what Emily's doing with the Sevens program. Um, I'm hopefully going to be up there in a couple of weeks to to have a look firsthand at how a, a US women's rugby team works and, and trains and and, um, and behaves around each other. So, yeah, I'll, I'll be cheering them. Obviously, um, a number of the Australian girls have I've had the opportunity to coach. Um, and, you know, for the US to beat them, they'll have to be at their best. But if they're good enough to beat them, I'm 100% cheering behind the Eagles. Um, and at the end of the game, we'll shake hands with the Aussies and commiserate. But um, no, I, I think um, one thing that my family and I spoke about is it was if we're coming here, we're all in. Um, we're red, white, and blue. So um, definitely in behind Emily and the um, and the USA Eagles. It's not to say he won't have a, a, a gold shirt underneath his <laughs> Eagles jacket. And <laughs> I don't know if you got time, but to share this, when my so my mum's a Kiwi, um, an All Black supporter her whole life, a Blackburn supporter. So when we were at the World Cup and played the first game um, at Eden Park, um, she had her Wallaroos jersey on, but it was covered by two layers of black jer- black jackets over the top. So uh, <laughs> first half when we were doing pretty well, I'm pretty um, pretty confident there were a couple of photos there where the gold started to uh, make its appearance. But as soon as the, unfortunately for us, but as soon as the black ferns got on top, the black jacket came back over the top and she was quite happy again as a Kiwi. So um, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, so listen, we really appreciate your time. Um, we, we're really excited to get you on the show and, and to find out everything you just told us tonight. Uh, you know, good luck in the future. And we're looking forward to get you back on here again soon. Hey, thank you for having me. I think um, just excited to talk rugby, but also women's rugby. I mean, and I've yeah. you know, been following you since I, um, since I signed on. And uh, you do a great job at providing a platform for women's rugby in the U.S. too. So appreciate you having Thank me you. on and appreciate the time that you give to um, to the women's part of the game. Absolutely. Cheers. Too easy. Thanks, you guys. All right, Fitzy. Uh, that was great. Exactly how I thought it would work out. It was, it was awesome. Uh, he, he gave us uh, some great information. I love to talk about the amount of matches coming up this next year. Uh, which we kind of had an idea, but, um, you know, it was good to hear that, uh, as, you know, as kind of get that number and get an idea of how many matches we're looking forward to. Now, I'd love to find out eventually, you know, where and when. I'd love to see some matches mm-hmm. here um, on USA soil. So, yeah, I'm, I'm excited about it. I was I was going to ask him, and we, we kind of ran out of time and the conversation was flowing. But, uh, you know, you may have seen last week the... Um, the CEO of RFC LA, when he was talking about some matches that they're planning uh, at Dignity Health Sports Park or whatever, yeah, he said that there's there's chatter about a doubleheader about the USA Women's Eagles taking on Canada in LA. So that would be awesome. I think June, July, I may have that date wrong or something like that, but um, that would be amazing. Road trip. Road trip. Let's yes. Go. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, it's yeah, it's fun. The future looks good, and I'm glad. I think it's a great hire by USA Rugby. Yeah. Uh, and I'm looking forward to seeing more. You know, seeing what he could do. See, it's good to finally have a full-time head coach and not an interim head coach. Yeah. And Bill, hats off to you, man. The production value again with the video and the cutbacks back and forth, and you're wearing a jacket. jacket. Like I'm jacket. Man. 
Oh, the sponsors are gonna come day. knocking on the door, man. I'm telling you. I, I know. Well, we got some good comments in here too. We got, um, you know, someone actually asked late in the show uh, on YouTube asking if there's any possibility of an exhibition match versus the box, but it was so late I couldn't get that on. And yeah, okay. Uh, yeah. Rick Meyer, who listens to our show uh, quite often, said keep keep up the good work, love the pod. That's Thanks. awesome. Thanks, Rick. Eric Waluski, great Thanks, show. Eric. Thanks, guys. Um, his nickname is Blur, by the way. Great guy. I actually played with him in college, so it's oh. nice to get some. Well, there uh, you go. Oh, there's there's the reference to you playing we, rugby. Gotta get in it every yeah, show. Of course. It's all behind me. <laughs> I got to work on this background. This is, I got to work. <laughs> well, uh, and I do want to apologize to the Instagram um, listeners, viewers. It is like, you know, you can only see like the middle line between us pretty much and our shoulders. So when we did test, which is really odd, it was regular, you know, uh, landscape in the middle of the Instagram feed. So we'll have to check that out. We might have to get a professional in here, someone who's like 17. <laughs> <laughs> it was Instagram. <laughs> All right, buddy. Let's call it a night. Uh, everybody, thank you so much for listening to U.S. Rugby Happy or watching. Sorry. It's always been listening. Now it's watching. Right, I'm going to yeah. buy my shirt. I got to just. I got to say, Bill, before you close out, I, I did like Maybe, that sorry. because in years, in, in last season when it was just audio, you couldn't see the facial expressions, right? So yeah. being able to actually see the face of the person we're talking to, just, you know, points are being hit or if they've got a funny story something to share that you know we don't step on their toes so even though we may not be the most you know photogenic people it's good that we're able to at least to see our guests you just I gotta mean, here just open your shirt up a little bit and we'll, uh... <laughs> late night you <laughs> late night late night <laughs> no you're that's right and, and... Fans, you know <laughs> <laughs> that's where the real money is mm -hmm. i've heard i don't know i've heard uh <laughs> Yes, we'll keep we'll keep getting better at this. Uh, I'm gonna keep working on this stream again for you guys. Thank you so much for watching. This whole thing we're doing here is new to us, uh, but it's fun. It's good to actually see. And like you said, joking every so often we say a joke without seeing them, and we're gonna. I hope they understand that's a joke. <laughs> right. <laughs> nice to see faces. Yeah. All right, buddy. I mean, let's call it, it night. Was, it was curious yeah. that as, as he was about to launch the schedule, the you know the Wi-Fi issue started coming up. So, yeah, I think there was someone over there at USA Rugby going, uh, you know, no, 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 no. <laughs> All right, let's call it night. Like I just said a minute ago, let's do it again. Uh, thanks, Fitzy. Great job, everyone else. Uh, we will be back on the air next week. Uh, most likely Wednesday night again, as we're going to try to do all the time. If not, we'll let you know if we have a different time and day. Cheers, everybody. Have a great night. Thank you, everybody. Thank you so much.